This program is made possible by the giving of the God-called partners of Renner Ministries. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Welcome to today's program. I am so excited that today we're returning to our subject of Christmas, the rest of the story. And you see on the screen behind me, King Herod, there he is dressed in red, and he is talking to the scribes that are before him. He is very, very upset because the Magi have shown up saying, where is he born King of the Jews? So Herod called an emergency meeting of all the scribes and the Pharisees and demanded of them, tell me where this Messiah is supposed to be born. He was terribly upset. And today we're going to find out why Herod was so troubled. But I'm offering you my entire series, which is called Christmas, the rest of the story. The subhead says amazing insights about Christmas you've never heard before. And it comes with a study guide. And my friend, the study guide it's just so wonderful because it's filled with all these facts, details, historical notes. It's all right here in the study guide so that you can read it while you're seeing or hearing the series. And right now we're also offering you my book by the same title. And I really want you to have this book. And today at the end of the program, my announcer is going to tell you how you can order all of these things. But please know that if you need prayer, we want you to call us or to send us an email. We really mean that in our ministry. We are praying people. And if you'll reach out to us, we promise you, first of all, we'll be confidential with what you share with us. And we promise you, we will really pray and believe for Jesus to do something spectacular on your behalf. And he really will. But right now, watch this, and then I'll be right back. In a culture where Santa seems to overpower the reason for the season, it's time to return to the true meaning of Christmas. In Rick Renner's timeless new book, Christmas, The Rest of the Story, Rick uncovers the stunning details of the nativity story you have never heard. Details like who exactly was Joseph, the father of Jesus? Why did God choose Mary? What was the star that guided the wise men? Who were the wise men who came to see Jesus? How far did they travel? And what was the value of the gifts they brought to Christ? Through its detailed watercolor illustration, Christmas, The Rest of the Story, invites families to explore the true meaning of Christmas as they interact with the story across decorated pages in a coffee table size format. When you call or go online right now to pre-order this book for just $35, you will receive the eternal story of Christmas, now beautifully told in this timeless keepsake. This is a sweeping portrait of the Christmas story, allowing readers to reflect on why Jesus came at the dawn of the first century and ultimately the reason for his birth. With stunning illustrations and nearly 300 pages, your family can create a tradition that will last for generations. Great as a gift or enhancing your own traditions, pre-order the book today. Christmas, the rest of the story for just $35. Call now or go to renner.org to order. Don't miss this special Christmas offer. Today we're going to see why was Herod so troubled when the Magi showed up in Jerusalem. So let's go to Matthew chapter 2 and read verses 1 and 2. It says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there's that word behold again. The Greek word carries the idea of amazement, someone that is dumbfounded. The people of Jerusalem were simply stunned 
that Magi came, and we saw in the last program, Magi were powerful. In fact, they were so powerful, we do not have an equivalent for Magi in the world today. They were beyond anything that we currently have. And everyone knew how powerful they were. And everyone felt like, wow, it is amazing. Look who has come. Behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we've seen his star in the east and we are come to worship him. But according to this verse, they came in the days of Herod the king. Well, Herod was the king of Judea from 37 BC to 4 BC and died in Jericho in the year 4 BC. But this verse calls them wise men in the King James Version, but the Greek says magoi. It's where we get the word for magi. What were magi? A sacred caste of the Medes that were powerful, fabulously wealthy, high-ranking priests who were devoted to interpreting dreams and studying the constellations. And they had so much power, so much political clout, that if they agreed as a group to do so with a single word, they could depose a king and install a new king of their preference. And every king in the Middle East and the East trembled at the sight of Magi, because if Magi wanted to do it, Magi could depose each one of them and install somebody else. And this leads us to Matthew chapter 2, verse 3. The Magi come riding into town announcing, where is he born king of the Jews? And it's interesting that this word king, the word basile in Greek, describes a king, the highest ruler, or the emperor. But here in the Greek text, the word king is capitalized, which means they were in search of the king of all kings, the ruler of all rulers, the emperor of all emperors, a world leader so great that even the heavens had announced his birth. And Herod was deeply troubled by this. That's what we read. In Matthew chapter 2, verse 3, And when Herod the king heard these things, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. The word troubled means to be agitated, shaken up, or deeply troubled. It depicts great emotional distress or emotional upheaval. It pictures one so stirred up about something that he's become deeply bothered, distraught, on edge, even tormented. And now we find that Herod the Great is spiraling into an emotional tailspin because these magi are walking through the streets of his city saying and saying and saying and asking and asking and asking where. Can anybody tell us, does anybody know where is the king of the Jews that has just been born? Everyone was hearing what they were saying. And to accommodate them, Herod knew he needed to really roll out the red carpet because these were magi. He wasn't thrilled that they were there, but he knew he could not be rude to them. But wait, the verse also says all Jerusalem was upset with him. Why was Jerusalem upset? Because every time there was a so-called new pretender for the throne, Herod was so paranoid and so upset, he began a rampage of killing people. It would begin in the slaughter and the butchery of a lot of people. And the people of Jerusalem literally said, ay, 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 here we go again. So on the one hand, the people of Jerusalem would have been so starstruck by these magi coming into their town. We can be certain that the 
streets of Jerusalem were jam-packed with people who had come to see these dazzling individuals. But on the other hand, when they begin to say, where is he that's born king of the Jews? They knew that trouble was about to erupt in the city of Jerusalem. But wait, we have to also understand how Magi traveled. And this also gives us a clue as to why Herod was so upset about their arrival. Records show us that Magi were so rich and so politically powerful that they often traveled with, listen to this, the protection of the best military units available. That included troops who were reputed to be the best archers of the day and who used long-range bows, carried quivers of arrows, swords, and who had proven time and time again that they could even win against the Roman forces. And in previous battles, they had famously killed 10,000 of Roman soldiers. And the particular kind of army that the Magi showed up with, if engaged in battle, used a succession of waves of horse archers that galloped near the enemy and then released a deadly hail of arrows. Then the next wave of galloping archers followed them to do the same. Again and again, waves of galloping archers released a continuous rain of arrows that annihilated their enemies. But this was just the beginning. For when they saw their enemies melt in fear, a final wave of horse-riding archers advanced and moved in for the kill. Archers that wore invincible chain-mail suits that carried a long lance that rode upon massive armor-covered horses, and such forces at that time were nearly impossible to defeat. Which means when the Magi showed up in Jerusalem, they came with an army. This was not three little lonely kings. They were coming with thousands in their caravans, carrying a huge inventory of treasures and a full army to protect them during their journey. And this is one reason why Herod and all of Jerusalem was so upset when they came. And Herod never forgot his earlier rendezvous with Magi in the year 39 when they tried to depose him. And of course, now he must have wondered, what are they doing here? Ah, Magi, do I have another problem with Magi? And he knew they had also come to worship the king of the Jews. And this would mean a legitimate king had been born unlike him. He had been appointed by the Roman Senate, but now a legitimate king of the Jews has been born. And if a legitimate king of the Jews has really been born, it means that king is going to sit on his throne. And Herod was thrown into a paranoid fit, but he knew he was not in a position to be rude to Magi because Magi needed to be treated royally. So he rolled out the red carpet and devised a plan to entertain them to get information from them, then to send them on their way back home. And once he got the information, his plan was to locate and slaughter the child that they had come to worship. Remember, from the beginning of Herod's reign, Herod lived in a period of conspiracy, civil disturbances, and internal plots, international plots, and counterplots. And as a result, he lived in constant fear that a day would come when a coup would succeed against him or that he would be supplanted by another rival king. So when Herod heard the Magi had arrived to town and they were saying and saying and saying, that's literally what the Greek tense says, 
They were saying and saying, where is he born king of the Jews? Just imagine if you'd been in the streets looking up at these regal magi and you heard them saying and saying, can anybody tell us where is the king of the Jews? Do you know where is the king of the Jews? Asking and asking, where is he born king of the Jews? And according to Matthew chapter 2, verse 3, we are told all of Jerusalem was troubled with Herod. The word all is a Greek word which means each person with no exception. They were thrown into panic first because of the size of the military that had accompanied them and second based on many years of experience with King Herod. They knew that if he feared someone was going to take his throne, it would begin a period of bloodletting in the city. And Matthew 2 verse 3 says the whole city of Jerusalem was troubled. And that word troubled describes their emotional response to this news that a new king has been born. The whole population was shaken up and deeply troubled and distraught at the thought of what was going to happen when those magi left. They knew based on experience, it would begin a period of bloodletting and slaughter in the city. Remember, during the time of King Herod, he used trials, scourging, imprisonments, and the slaughter of many innocent people to get information about rival kings or plots against him. And based on their experience, they knew exactly how Herod the Great was going to respond to the announcement that a rival king had been born. So even the people must have been saying, why are they here? Why have these influential, powerful Easterners come to Jerusalem with their king? But they were saying, where is he born king of the Jews? It shook up Herod and it shook up the entire city. And we know from Matthew chapter 2, verse 4, that Herod was so upset, he called an emergency meeting of the chief priests and scribes to find out where this king of the Jews is supposed to be born. And the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 2, verse 4, And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. The word demanded means he began to interrogate them. The chief priests and the scribes began to pull out all of their holy books, flipping through scrolls, flipping through pages, trying to find exactly where the Bible prophesied that the Messiah would be born. And in Matthew chapter 2, we find after their very intensive research of the scriptures, they concluded where the Christ would be born. Listen to Matthew chapter 2, 5 to 6. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. When Herod obtained this answer, then he turned to the Magi and he needed specific information about when that constellation appeared in the heavens. He already has biblical answers that the Christ is to be born in Bethlehem, but he wants to know what is the age of this new king. So he said to the Magi, when did the star appear? He knew if he could determine exactly when the constellation first appeared, which announced the Christ child's birth, then he could determine the age of the child. So now Herod has called the Magi privately for an interrogation of them. Matthew 2 verse 7 says, Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. But notice he did this privily. Why? 
because if the people knew Herod was so concerned about this that he was interviewing the Magi, the people would begin to say, wow, maybe this time a Messiah has really been born. So he did it privately so no one would know what he was doing. And the Bible says he inquired of them diligently. In Greek, it points to extreme accuracy down to the finest point. He was asking them to be factually precise. He was literally saying, tell me, tell me exactly. Make no mistake in any details you give me. I want to know exactly and precisely with no miscalculations when that star appeared. Hmm. And in Greek, it's very interesting because the word time has a definite article in front of it. It is exactly the time. He wanted to know the timeline. He wanted to know the chronology. He was trying to determine the approximate age of the time. And the Bible says he inquired of them diligently, which means in Greek that he took a great deal of time talking to them and interrogating them. And Matthew 2 verse 7 says he wanted to know when the star appeared. That word appeared means to become visible. And upon figuring what time the star first appeared, Herod assumed this would be the best clue to determine the age of the new child that he wanted to locate. And there's confirmation that the Magi arrived nearly two years after Jesus was born. This was written by early church writers. For example, St. Epiphanius wrote, the Magi reached Jerusalem two full years after Jesus' birth in Bethlehem, which means when the Magi showed up, they were not looking for a baby. They were looking for a toddler king. Well, remember in Luke chapter 2, verse 38, Luke told us, and when they, that's the Holy Family, Mary, Joseph, and Jesus had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own city, Nazareth. Well, Jesus, according to the scriptures, was born in Bethlehem. But after 40 days, they returned home to Nazareth to their house. His birth occurred two full years before the Magi showed up. So by the time the Magi arrived, Jesus was not in Bethlehem, but Herod did not know that. All Herod knew was that the scripture said the Messiah would come from Bethlehem. So that's where he figured that the Messiah was. So Herod sent the Magi to Bethlehem, not knowing that the Holy Family had two years earlier already gone home to Nazareth. Isn't that amazing? But Matthew 2 verse 8 says, And he, that is Herod, sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. Again, he said, search diligently. The Greek means to make a diligent search. And it goes on to say, when you have found him, that word found is the idea of a scholarly investigation, which means if they needed to go from house to house, he wanted them to go from house to house until they found the exact child that they were looking for. Wow, Herod was deeply troubled, very upset, and he needed the help of the Magi. And then we come to Matthew chapter 2, verse 9. And when they heard the king, they departed and lo, that word lo is the same word, which carries the idea of one that is baffled by something, a sense of amazement. And lo, it is amazing. You could even translate it, and shockingly, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over the place where the young child was. Well, Herod sent them to Bethlehem, but suddenly that star showed up again. 
Where's the star been? It seems that it disappeared for a time. But when they needed to be led, the star showed up again. Herod sent them to Bethlehem. The Messiah was not there. He was in Nazareth. So the star suddenly appeared and shockingly led them somewhere else. Sometimes people will lead you in one direction, but God will lead you in another direction. And that's what happened with the Magi. And Matthew 2 verse 9 says, And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over the place where the young child was. It's very interesting. When the Bible says till, it means all the way until. It led them all the way from where they were, all the way to the city of Nazareth until it came to the house. And this is what we read in Matthew chapter 2 verse 11. The house where they saw the young child with Mary, his mother. But notice it says the house. And in Greek, there is a definite article, the house. This was the family house of the Holy Family. And what is very, very interesting is that in Jerusalem, in in Nazareth today, there is a wonderful place, which is called the Sisters of Nazareth Convent. And in recent days, they have discovered underneath it a Byzantine church, which was constructed on top of a first century house. And according to very early church records, that house was the house of the Holy Family where Jesus grew up and transitioned into manhood. Well, whether that is true or not, the fact is they were living in the house in Nazareth. They were not still in the cave in Bethlehem. Two years had passed. But it's very interesting to me that if you go to that ancient ruins, which are under the Sisters of Nazareth convent in Nazareth today, you can still see the ruins of that house, which really may have been the house of the Holy Family. But Matthew 2:11 says, and when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Or according to Matthew chapter 2, verse 11, the Magi saw the young child with Mary, his mother. The Magi fell down and worshiped him. The Magi opened their treasures. The Magi presented him gifts. The Magi gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But what do we know about the other gifts that the Magi presented to Jesus that day? What kind of other gifts did they bring? And what was the potential value of all of those gifts? That's what we're going to talk about in the next program, which you don't want to miss because it's going to be pretty eye-opening. But I'll be back in just a moment, and I want to pray for you. Do you really know the story of Christmas? Is there more to the story about the birth of our Savior than what you've been told? In this series, Christmas, The Rest of the Story, Rick Renner dives deep into the parts of the Christmas story that most people have never heard. Rick says, I've studied this story for decades, and I found fabulous treasures no one ever shared with me. In this series, we explore the Bible, history, historical writings, and so much more, so we can really understand all the events that took place surrounding the birth of Jesus. Rick answers questions like, why did God choose Mary? Was Joseph really a carpenter? Why was Herod so troubled by Jesus's birth? Who were the Magi? And what was the estimated value of their gifts? This 15-part documentary-type series is available in digital or physical format, starting at just $24. And, and we're excited to also offer you Rick's stunning new book, Christmas, The Rest of the Story, for a special new release price of $35. It's a book you'll want to share with friends and family at this time of the year. 
This hardcover, 300-page, fully illustrated book is a keepsake that friends and family will pass on to future generations. Don't miss this special offer, the series, Christmas, The Rest of the Story, and the beautiful book, Christmas, The Rest of the Story. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. Hey friends, this is Rick Renner and today I am standing in the foyer of Rick Renner Ministries in Tulsa, Oklahoma and I just wish I could pick you up and bring you here to see all the wonderful ministry that is happening in this facility where we receive thousands and thousands of phone calls from people just like you who reach out to us for prayer and for teaching they can trust. Proverbs 10, 21 says, the lips of the righteous feed many. And we know that's our job. Our job is to feed many. And I wanna say thank you to you for everything you've helped us do with your giving. You helped us construct our studio, purchase this building. And now in phase three of our ministry expansion program, we're wanting to pay this facility off so we can liberate all that money to take the teaching of the Bible around the world on additional channels and venues. And by being a part of our giving team, you can really help us make this happen. If you're not already a part of our giving team, please pray about joining us. And together we can join hands and through teaching of the Bible and by ministering to people that reach out to us and by sending teaching products around the world, we can really change people's lives. And it's amazing to me that today it's never been easier to make an impact in somebody else's life right from where you are. Think about that. You don't even have to get out of your chair. Just go online or make a phone call and bam, by becoming a part of the giving team, you can do something that reaches beyond your world into somebody else's life to really make a difference. That is powerful. And according to the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, Jesus promises that if we'll go, or if we'll do what we can do to help others go with the Word of God, His power will show up in our lives. So thank you for praying about being a part of our giving team. And the moment you join, I want you to really expect the power of God to show up in your life. Have we had a good time in the Bible today studying Christmas, the rest of the story? You see, my friends, there's so much you've probably never heard before. I find it so thrilling, and I know that you do too. And that's why I want you to have the entire series, which is called Christmas, the Rest of the Story. Amazing insights about Christmas you've never heard before. And tomorrow, we're going to see what was the potential value of all the gifts that were brought by the Magi, you are simply going to be dumbfounded when you hear the answer. But this series comes with a great study guide. And right now we're also offering you my book by the same title, Christmas, The Rest of the Story. Look at it. Oh, I get so excited when I talk to you about this book because I worked on this book for two years, not just me, but also an illustrator who has marvelously illustrated the entire story full color on every single page of this book. Please go online or give us a call and you can order all of these things right now and let us know how to pray for you because part of our ministry is praying for you. We want to be your prayer partner, but put your hand on your heart. Father, we thank you that the arrival of Jesus as the King of Kings and Lord of Lords is the best news that has ever been announced. 
He was Lord then, he's Lord now. He was king then, he's king now. And Lord Jesus, we thank you that you still sit on the throne and you rule over all. We declare it and we thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen. I'll see you tomorrow, but until then, please remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there's power. Thank you for joining Rick Renner today. For more information about Rick Renner Ministries and product resources, visit renner.org and connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This program was made possible by the giving of the God-called partners of Renner Ministries.